In the sanctuary today, we're just going to jump right into the Word together, and we're going to continue our series as preparing to take the lead in this, in our time together today. We're going to begin our journey in Exodus chapter number 32. If you have your Bibles, you'll be turning there. We'll be there in just a moment. Exodus chapter number 32. We're going to continue to talk to you and share with you today. Uh, concerning uh, the life of Moses and Joshua. Uh, if the Lord would help us, we're going to talk about this third stage of development in Joshua's leadership development, if you would, uh, as we are going to talk for a few moments, teach, preach, what have you, whatever the Lord wants this morning, about simply learning to hear the hearts of men. Or we could say it this way, the value of a trained ear. But as you're preparing to turn to Exodus chapter number 32, I want to remind you of where all of this really began uh, in Scripture. And we find in the book of Deuteronomy, verse, uh, chapter number 3, verse number 28, the word of the Lord was speaking to Moses, and he simply said, But charge Joshua... And encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he will cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. The Lord was very clear and was telling Moses that uh, you need to make sure that you take this task seriously. You need to take this and be responsible concerning the development of this young man that is in your care. And this morning in this series that we're going through, I take it very serious today of wanting to express to you the seriousness of it, that if there's ever been a time in our nation where we needed godly men and women to be leaders, it's now. It's not enough for you and I just to go to the house of the Lord and sing a song and hear a message. It's not enough for us to have goosebumps up and down our spine because we experience the presence of God. All of those things are wonderful and they are needed and we are to be edified and we are to be equipped in the house of the Lord. But the purpose for you and I to be here today is not so that we can feel good, even though that's part of it. The purpose for you and I to be here today is so we can be edified and equipped to be the church beyond the walls of this building and to bring hope and to bring light to a dark and dying world. Because I don't know if you noticed or not, but our world continues to get crazier every day. And you and I have to understand that the commission has not changed. We are still called to be salt and we're still called to be the light of the world because we are the church. And in this time, in this dispensation of time, God has always chosen to do and to use one thing, one vehicle, if you will, and that is the church. And he does that through people that are sensitive to the empowering of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God and the Word of God. So I think it's very important as we continue to walk through this together today that we understand and it is important for you and I to have ears to hear Multiple times throughout Scripture, especially in the Gospels, you will find Jesus himself said, before we get into the lesson today, you'll find that all throughout the Gospels, Jesus simply says that he who has ears, let him hear. Anybody remember reading that? And then you even find it in the book of Revelations. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, all seven churches that was there in Asia Minor. We know this today, that ears are just normal part or normal feature that's shared by all of humanity. To not have ears would be an unnatural occurrence, but just because you have ears does not mean that you always hear. And this is where the problem lies. And I want to stress to you the importance this morning of what we're going to try to learn together today. And Joshua understood in the, first, the last two weeks as we walk through this series, we know that it began that the first thing the Lord wanted Joshua to learn 
was that doesn't matter how strong you are, doesn't matter how gifted you are, doesn't matter how powerful your weapons may be, that without intercession, you're not able to really have victory. And we shared the story of Moses going up to the top of the mountain with Aaron and Hur on each side of him. And when his hands was uplifted and Joshua was in the battle swinging the sword, they was advancing. But the moment that the hands came down is the moment that they began to be pushed back by the enemy. And the reason for that is because it's not by might, but it is by the Spirit of God. And we know that throughout history that the, the custom is that when hands was lifted and palms was outward, it was a place of prayer of supplication or a place of intercession. So it was uh, not just a, a lesson of battle, but it was also a picture lesson for Joshua when he would look up on the mountain and he would be seeing that they was advancing and he would see that Moses was there with his hands lifted. He was saying, okay, there's a power that's coming from someplace other than here. But then when he began to be driven back and he'd look and the hands wasn't up, then he'd realize, hey, something's going on. I don't know how many times it took him to understand that, but I believe that he learned that lesson and he learned it well. And last week, we talked to you a little bit about the simple fact of if we're going to be godly leaders, uh, we have to understand that we have to have locked arms. We have to be in a place of unity. I'm not going to make you share, share your cheeseburger and your fries with me. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you and I need to understand that we need each other. And today, we need each other more so than ever in what we've seen going on. But thirdly, we find ourselves today in Exodus chapter number 32. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word this morning, and we're going to dive in together. And I, I pray this morning that we can be a blessing to you. We're going to begin, we're going to jump through this chapter just a little bit, but we're going to begin in verse number one. And it says, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Get up, make us gods, which shall be that which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know where he is, and we don't know what's become of him. Verse number seven. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get down off this mountain, for your people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, they have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molded calf and have worshipped it and they have sacrificed unto it. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought us up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Verse number 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hands, and the tables were written on on both sides, the one on the one side and the one on the other, they were written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. But Moses said... It is not the voice of them that shout for leadership or mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing do I hear. For a few moments today, we're going to talk about having ears to hear. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for this opportunity to teach your word today. I pray that your anointing would settle down upon us this morning as we try to deliver that which you have given us. Lord, I pray that our ears would be anointed to hear, that our hearts would be anointed to receive. And Father, I pray that we would all develop and grow into that which you're calling us to be in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen and amen. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. Let me just dive in this morning very quickly and share with you that it's important to have ears to hear. I could talk to you about many men and women in scripture today that had ears, but they heard, but they didn't really hear. And I want to stress at the very beginning of my time with you today, just how important it is for us to really hear what God is saying as well as what others are saying. 
because we need to understand it is important to be able to discern what's really been spoken. As I shared with you just a moment ago, Joshua in his training began to learn the power of intercession. We understood what it was to have praying knees, if you would. We also know that he learned the value of having accountability and having locked arms with God and with others. But this third lesson today is one that is very, very important. And God uses it to prepare Joshua to lead a nation into a place of promise. But he said if he's going to be able to do that effectively, he's going to have to have ears that can hear. Meaning he has to have ears that are different than what others may possess. You know, it's not enough for you and I to have titles and positions, but we must have been equipped by the Spirit of God to do it in a godly manner and an effective manner. Notice this was a training, if you will, for Joshua to understand how important it is not just to hear, but to hear with great sensitivity as well as great understanding. I am reminded of Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. It simply tells us, trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding. But nobody really talks too much about verse number 6 of that passage. And it is this, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. It means in every area of life, we are to be men and women that are sensitive to hear what God is saying concerning us and concerning the task that's before us. We know the setting of this story in Exodus chapter number 32. Moses led the people to the mountain of Sinai there, and we find that he left the tribal leaders, and, and they're in a place of banqueting and resting, but we know that Joshua and Moses departs from that luncheon, and they begin to go up into the mountain. We know according to Scripture that Moses stayed in the top of the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And when you begin to read through it, we know this, that this is where he received the plan for the construction of the tabernacle, as well as it was a time where the people had experienced something from a distance. Uh, when they had looked at the top of the mountain, if you reread uh, Exodus chapter 24, you will find that they saw fire and smoke on the top of this mountain. They had no idea what was going on. They was a long distance away. So I'm not going to criticize them too much uh, because a man says, I'm going to leave and go there. But then they see fire and smoke on the top of it. They're going to say, he ain't never coming back. So, uh, you know, we got to be real careful that we're not too critical because they're, they're, they're human just like you and I. But we find that one of the most disturbing things is, is that they quickly lost uh, their focus of understanding uh, what and who God really was. And they reverted back to everything that they had been contaminated with over the years uh, in the land of Egypt. Uh, but we find that not knowing whether Moses was returning or not, Aaron begins to listen to the people, but he didn't hear the people. What they was really asking for was leadership and, and direction and guidance. And they did not know how to properly articulate that. Uh, so they began to speak the only thing that they had always known. And that was this, uh, help us, make us an idol. Because you got to realize they came out of a land of nothing of Id but idols. Uh, and we find that Aaron failed to be a good listener. Uh, he heard on the surface, but he didn't hear the heart. And you and I today must understand that our world right now, uh, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff. Uh, but listen, you can't just hear the stuff on the surface. Uh, you got to hear the heart. Uh, and what I will say to you today, what I'm hearing uh, when I interact with people is I'm hearing hearts of desperation. Uh, people are overwhelmed. People have no direction, no guidance. Uh, they may say they need something, uh, but listen, uh, you and I need to understand sometimes people need to be directed. Uh, they're not that they need to be bossed around, but they need to be led in a right direction. Uh, in the funeral business, we say this, uh, a funeral director is called a funeral director for one reason. And that is this, uh, it's because in a time of great loss and great mourning, emotions are everywhere and people don't know what to do. So therefore they need someone to direct them. Please hear me. 
That is every area of our lives when it comes to the spiritual things especially. And that is this. Uh, there is such an overwhelmingness of a spirit of darkness right now uh, that we need godly men and women to step up to the plate uh, and begin to give some godly spiritual direction uh, because we are losing a generation. Uh, but in order to give that direction, we must first hear uh, what they are saying. Uh, and we find that in this uh, story and Exodus chapter number 32, there is many things uh, that is learned from this chapter. We know this, that the people, the children of Israel, they learned the price of disobedience. Uh, for the sake of time, we won't read all of that chapter, but when you read this story, and some of you are familiar with it, uh, that after calling out to Aaron, that Aaron simply said, give me the golden earrings out of your ears. Uh, and they bring and they form this molded calf and they begin to bow down before it. They begin to worship it. Uh, they begin to sing and dance and play. They began to be engaged in, in, in sexual misconduct uh, in many levels. It became a, a, a place that was very vile. Uh, but while we find that all of this was taking place, uh, all of a sudden uh, we find that the word of the Lord comes to the man of God on top of the mountain and says, you need to leave now and go down because the people have lost their way. And we find that we see that even Moses, uh, sometimes uh, he, he, he let himself get a little too ambitious about some things and it cost him greatly. Uh, but we find that in this story, the people learned uh, the very high price of disobedience uh, and they was forced to drink ground gold dust in their water. If you read this passage of scripture, uh, you will find also that for the Levites it become a great bloodbath because they had to take their knives for the very first time and they began to slaughter even some of their own family members uh, because there was a question that was asked uh, who is with the Lord and we find that the Levites they came over and stood with Moses and therefore they was given a charge to go in and we find that 3,000 people lost their life after this ordeal uh, and we find that it was a great great lesson uh, but one of the most tragic lessons uh, that was learned was when Moses stood before the people uh, because his anger had got the best of him and the tablets of stone that God's own finger had written in uh, had laid broken on the ground before him because uh, of his anger. Uh, but then we find when you get to Joshua, the man that we're talking about today, uh, for Joshua this was a lesson uh, not about disobedience. It was not a lesson about the shedding of blood. Uh, it was not a lesson uh, of disappointment uh, because he was not the one that broke the tablets. Uh, but this was a lesson of something even greater in my opinion. Uh, and that was, uh, it was a lesson of discernment. Uh, he was simply needing to be taught uh, that we have got to hear what is really going on. Because in the passage that we read together today, we find this, and Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, and he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. But I have to ask the question, did he hear correctly? He heard a noise, he heard shouting, but it wasn't a noise of war. Therefore, we find that Moses was used by God to bring correction. He said, listen, I don't hear anyone shouting for leadership or direction for a battle. I don't hear anyone crying out because they're overwhelmed. But he says, Joshua, you need to really hear because what I hear is the sound of singing. Notice, Joshua was so quickly to hear. He heard the sound. He heard a noise. And he was militarily trained. And listen, he went back to what his second nature was, so to speak. Well, there must be trouble. Listen, just because you've experienced something through the years, just because you have a, a place of expertise does not mean that's what it always is. We have to have ears that are sensitive, that can hear. And notice with me, this lesson was to teach Joshua, you must be able to discern the difference of the sounds. I want to make this statement this morning. If there's ever been a time in recent history where there need to be the spirit of discernment in the house of the Lord and in the house of believers, it's now. Because there's a whole lot of noise going on. I will say by the world's standard, 
intellectual, professional, qualified people. And if you fit in any of those categories, please don't be offended by what I'm getting ready to say. Has become some of the most foolish people because they're hearing on the surface and they're not really hearing the true hearts of men. Listen, we've got to begin to discern the time and the season that we're in. The word of the Lord is very clear in the Gospels. It simply says, did you know what kind of day you're going to have tomorrow by looking at the sun? If the sky is red, you know you're going to have a fair day tomorrow. You're intelligent about that. But he says this, but you can't discern what season you're in. Listen, we got every app in the world to tell us everything we need to know. And if the app can't do it, then Siri can or Google can. But yet we don't have the ability to discern when the enemy comes in and sits down by our children and tries to till them from our presence even while we're in the house of God. We can't discern that we're dealing with evil, demonic things right now, even in our city, even in our community, because, oh, we just want to bury our head in the sands. Can I tell you, we have a problem. And we think we can walk in and out of church and do what we've always done. Can I tell you, we better wake up and realize, mommies and daddies and grandmas and grandpas, that if somebody doesn't stand up, there's not going to be nothing to stand up for in just a little while. But while we're sitting in the house of God saying, thank you, Jesus, uh, and not hearing what the Spirit's saying, uh, we've got teenagers crawling up and down our steps in our schools, identifying as furries and everything else. Please hear me. We have got to get to a place where we understand the importance of the hour. You and I today can learn from what Joshua is taught, where he simply says, listen, there is a noise in the camp, but it's not a noise of war. It's a noise of singing. And therefore, you have to understand that we have to proceed in a manner differently than what you're accustomed to. Joshua heard this commotion, but he did not perceive properly. I want to ask the question today, what are we hearing today, but we're not perceiving correctly, properly today? You see, there is danger when we fail to hear. Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, a place of paradise. In the cool of the day, they was in the presence of God. He came and walked with them and talked with them. But when he put them in the garden, he simply said this to them. He said, you can eat of everything in this garden except for the tree of what? Right? Tree of knowledge, good and evil. So... Someone slithers in or walks in, I should say, into this precious place of paradise and says, it, he didn't really mean what he said. He doesn't want you to partake of that because if you do, then you're going to possess some knowledge and you're going to possess some things. You're going to see some things. And so now we have this word, but now we hear more noise, and Adam and Eve, Eve has to make a choice. Did she really hear? Or did she really hear over here? And we, we see because of her inability to hear the heart of God, that she began to listen and she began to buy into things that was been said and this noise that began to, and it caused her to be dispelled from the presence of God. Can I tell you, there's a danger when you and I fail to hear properly. Jonah, a prophet of God, receives a word from the Lord, says, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city, and I want you to preach God had a plan. God had a desire. He wanted people to hear. But he said, I don't like those people. Those people are our enemy. I'm just going to go down and get on a ship and I'm going to go someplace else. And he found himself in the belly of hell because 
he failed to hear. Eli and his sons, they tasted death because they failed to hear the commandments of God and the instructions of God, and they thought they could do their own thing. And when they should have been setting the standard very high and they should have been the example, Eli's sons was at the door of the sanctuary uh, lying with the prostitutes because we can do whatever we want. We don't have to really hear what God says. But death came to them. And when Eli heard it, he fell off his throne backwards and broke his neck. I could talk to you this morning about King Saul that says, I did everything that the Lord says, but when the prophet was there and had his, and had his hands on the hem of the garment of the prophet and it rent, he said, today the Lord has rent the kingdom from you because you're not worthy to rule anymore because you failed to hear what God said do. He said, utterly destroy, but you kept things. I wonder how much stuff we're keeping that God has said for us to get rid of could preach that this morning, but I'm not going to. King David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, we find that there was a day in his life where he began to number Israel, and the Lord told him not to number Israel, but something was in his heart to do so. And because he did that, because he failed to hear what God was saying, that he simply, and he began to listen in the wrong manner, and he did not perceive properly, there was great destruction that came to his people. But then even in our own story today, when Aaron failed to hear correctly, Aaron had to stand and watch and witness men and women drink ground up gold dust in their water as well as he had to watch 3,000 people get slaughtered because he failed to hear correctly. Notice with me, Joshua needed to learn to move past his natural stress and begin to learn to hear the truth of the situation. Hear me this morning. If we are going to be effective in this generation and become godly men and women that lead this thing on into the place that God wants it to be, we're going to have to get beyond our natural ability and we are going to have to once again begin to hear in the manner that the Spirit of the Lord wants us to hear. What am I saying this morning? If you was to read uh, in Ezekiel chapter 44, the prophet Ezekiel is beginning to talk and, and he's relaying some things that the Lord has gave him. And he says this, and he says that the priest, the re- one of the greatest responsibility of the priest, and can I remind you that we are kings and priests. Uh, he said, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. There has to be a spirit of discernment once again, come back to the house of God. You and I today, please hear me, have got a great responsibility. Joshua heard the commotion, but he failed to understand what was really taking place. Uh, And we find that God used Moses to help bring instruction and clarity to him. Sometimes we as leaders, we have to understand. And the responsibility rests on us to be able to pick out the words of the followers uh, and from their intent. Because sometimes people just don't know how to articulate what they really need to say. And we find that when you begin to listen to someone, especially in the business world, if you begin to hear a discouraged worker... It is your responsibility as a leader to come along and lift up them, even though they may be saying things that are off, and let them once again see the vision or the bigger picture so you can bring encouragement to them. The same thing is in the military world. General George Patton, a man that many people know, in his book that he wrote, War As I Knew It, he offered insight, and he said this. He said, never assess the battle from the words of a wounded soldier. Can I tell you, people are wounded in their lives from all types of things. And therefore, you have to be able to discern what are they really trying to say. Listen, people need help today. And they're searching in all ways, in all places to find a little peace and a little rest and a little love. And you and I, as men and women of the church, need to be sitting at that table where we're giving them that which God says they need, 
Because how many knows that he is the answer to all things? There's dangers, however, when God begins to use you in leadership amongst your peers and amongst people of faith and even in your community. Proverbs 27 warns the greatest help is not in flattery, but it is in truthful words of a friend. And sometimes those words are hurtful. They hurt your pride. They hurt your self-esteem. But if everybody around you continues to tell you that you're all that in a bag of chips and you're all together lovely, you might need to find a new friend that's going to tell you you ain't got it all together all the time. Because they're setting you up for failure. Please hear me. You and I today have got to be careful when it comes to making sure that we hear. Because how many times, if we was honest, that we could say, well, I heard that, but that's not really what they said. I've been guilty of hearing it wrong before. Anybody else in this room? Listen, though Joshua misheard the people, God used Moses to teach him. But I'm reminded of an event that happened to Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, he tells the story after one night said that the Lord really anointed him. It was a night of just exception. He was filled with exceptional preaching at a local church. And he said as he got ready to walk down off the platform and make his way to the back of the sanctuary and to exit the room, he said that there was a young, beautiful woman that came and called out to him and said, Oh, Brother Spurgeon, And he turned and he quietly acknowledged her and she says, that was truly a great message from God. But she didn't stop there. She then proceeded to say, what a man of God you are. And he replied softly. He said, I know, madam. But he didn't stop there. Notice what he said. He said, for the devil told me the very same thing when I came down off the stage. He was a seasoned man. He was a leader. Please hear me. In his natural, it would be normal for him to like what she said and to hear. But sometimes you have to go beyond hearing and you have to really hear. And this godly leader, he knew better than to listen to what he wanted to hear. And he knew enough to hear the words with a sensitive ear that is accustomed to his master's voice. Because can I tell you, I believe somewhere in scripture we read that he wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in all of the commotion. But he was in the what? The still, small voice. When was the last time you heard that? Can I tell you, I don't care what stage you are in life. Whether you're 15, whether you're 55, or whether you're 85. You still need to hear that still, small voice. If we're going to effectively lead and walk in a place that God has for us. Failure to do so will destroy the leadership and the testimony of both men and ministries if we stop listening. Listen, I could tell you some things today. My blood boils. Some stuff I had to deal with. But at the same time, my heart is broken because I understand that no matter how long you're in this thing, That if you lose your focus and you quit having ears to hear, you can end up in trouble. I could give you story after story of men of God that's given their life to this thing, but they got to a place where they said, I don't need to really hear anymore. You and I, if we're going to effectively lead, number one is this, we have to understand. We cannot ever get to a place where we think that we don't need intercession and that we don't need one another and that we don't need to hear. Because right now, please hear me, we need to hear what the hearts of men are saying. But at the same time, we must hear what God is saying. 
concerning this time and season that we're in. As they begin to make their way to the platform this morning, I'm going to keep it short today. But I want to give you just a couple of verses in closing. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. It was a powerful church. It was a godly church. It had its issues. It was a young church. It had all kinds of things it had to navigate through, just like every other local church is today. A lot of people had their own ideals and all these types of things. So there's navigating through all of this stuff. Paul comes along and he begins to write. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. He says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Here's what I want to say. I'm thankful for all of the knowledge of men. I'm thankful for all of the things that we can grow and develop in. But there's some things we just can't discern in the natural. And we got some of the brightest minds that's ever been living on planet earth right now. But yet we see some of the darkest times that we've ever seen. And it's increasing. Which tells me that a natural man has limited ability. And the problem is we have, in the church world especially, because we didn't think it was going to require as much, we began to adapt our policies and our procedures and our structure to match that of the world. And we've made a lot of changes. A lot of changes good, some change not so good. But there is no shortcut to this thing. And if we're ever going to effectively change a nation or touch a generation, it will be because we spiritually discern the time that we're in. And in order to spiritually discern, you have to have ears to hear. So I don't care if you're grandma or great-grandma. I don't care if you're a teenager, young adult. I don't care if you've been married 50 years or you're getting ready to be married. doesn't matter. Anywhere on the spectrum. I want you to hear this preacher this morning. Don't ever forget the power of a bent knee. Don't ever forget the value of a locked arm. But just as greatly, don't ever forget that we must always have an ear to hear what God is saying. Because there's a generation that's dying. There's a generation that's hurting. There's a generation that needs some hope and some peace this morning. There's a generation that needs to hear the words, you can make it. But they need to see somebody walking this out in front of them. And the Lord told Joshua through this part of his development, Joshua, you need to have ears to hear because what you thought you heard, you didn't really hear. Listen, I've had people sit across from my desk and say, it's just over. I'm not even going to try anymore. We we can't fix this marriage. But what they was really saying is, give us some hope so we can make it. I've been in the presence of people that wanted to take their fist and shake it in the face of God and say, I don't understand. Why did he let it happen? But at the same time, what their heart was really saying, oh God, help me. See, I can't just hear on the surface. I have to hear the heart of man. And this morning, the hearts of men is saying, I just want to be loved. I just want to have value. I just want somebody to invest in me. I want somebody to give me some hope and some peace. 
It's going to take more than a song. It's going to take more than a 30-second prayer at the end of service. It's going to take more than listening to a preacher teach or preach. It's going to take a generation once again having the ability to spiritually discern what's needed. Can I tell you, when you have an ear to hear, it will save your life. Let me give you this this morning. The word of the Lord in Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 3, says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you have, that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. What are you saying, preacher? Is if we're going to see a generation begin to live, we're going to once again have to listen to what God is saying. That's why this morning I say in the year 2022, when a lot of people are saying a lot of things is going out of style, it's one thing that you cannot allow the enemy to take from you, and that is this. You must long to be in the presence of Almighty God, and we must desire, we must desire the spiritual gifts of God that brings us to a place where we can walk in strength. Please hear me. This is a time. We cannot afford to hear it wrong. But we must hear the hearts of men. But more importantly, we must hear the heart of God. And his heart has not changed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. But he doesn't stop there. He simply says this, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I pray this morning that you've had ears to hear. I know I didn't preach you a shouting message today. And I'm thankful for all of the shouting messages that we've preached. But we've got to awaken to the reality, and I'm not condemning our heritage at all. I, I love my heritage, and I stand proudly with it. But I look around, my generation is absent from the sanctuary of America today. And many of them was exposed to a lot of shouting messages. But we never taught my generation to have an ear to hear. I need you to hear. I don't need you to hear me. I need you to hear what God's saying concerning your life. And concerning the lives of others. Concerning this season. It's one thing to talk about the problems, but it's another thing to come up with the solution. Can I tell you the solution is still Jesus? But somebody's got to be willing to pick up the cross and die every day. I ask the question, is you and I willing to do that? Are we willing to be that? To save a generation? As we stand all over the house this morning, the value the value of hearing. Joshua, if you're going to lead this people into the place of promise, you've got to understand that you've got to have intercession. Joshua, if you're going to lead them into the place of promise, you've got to lock arms. But Joshua, you're also going to have to have ears to hear.
these first three things that we've shared over these last three weeks has dealt with the external. Next week, we're going to begin to deal with the internal, and we're going to talk to you about the value of real worship. If Joshua was going to ever lead into the place of promise, he's going to have to learn the process of worship encounters. But before we can ever get to the place where we truly experience those encounters, we've got to be men and women that hear. I want to say to you this morning, I can't overstate how important it is that we hear this generation, hear their heart. We are positioned for one of the greatest moves of the Spirit of God that this nation and this world has ever seen. And we've had some great revivals in the past. We could talk about Brownsville, Toronto. We could talk about Canesville, Canes Ridge Revival. We could talk about many, many things of the power of Azusa Street. We could talk about the power of God on display. We could talk about the businessmen's revival where a million individuals got, gave their heart to the Lord over a course of time. We could talk to you about promise keepers of the year 2000 and how men began to just get it and began to lead their families. But where we're at right now is positioned for a greater experience than all of those things put together. And I'll tell you why. It's because this is a generation today that is more tuned in and is, has an ear to hear spiritually more so than any generation before it. And it's dangerous because, can I tell you, they're experiencing a church that doesn't have an ear for the Spirit, but the demonic evil kingdom of darkness is very much alive. I've never seen such an openness to sorcery and Ouija boards, and the list goes on and on and on, just continually. Our kids are overwhelmed with it. It's in their hands every day. And they have an ear to hear. And darkness and darkness and darkness and darkness is there. Can I tell you, it's time for you and I to begin to understand that our intellect isn't enough. Our profession isn't enough. But we need the Spirit of God to be prevalent and to be alive in our lives. This generation needs to be directed to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Here's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Because here's what the world is saying. I'll give you what the world is telling this generation. You're not enough. There is no reason to have hope. There is no reason to look forward. There is no reason to dream. You're not enough. You're a misfit. You're this. You're that. But the word of the Lord is saying, you're more than enough. I have great and mighty things for you. Before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. And I knew the plans that I had for you. But how many children are hearing that today? How many teenagers, how many young adults are hearing that today? I want you to walk from this place today knowing this, that God loves you. First and foremost. But the second thing I want you to know is this. Not only does he love you, does he love you, but he desires to commune with you. He desires to talk with you. He desires to be your encouragement. He desires to be your direction and your guide. He desires for you to acknowledge him in all of your ways. Because notice in Proverbs 3 and 6, he says, then he will direct your path. No, he says, I will direct your paths, plural. Every area of your life, he says, I'll navigate you through if you'll have an ear to hear. 
I would guarantee today that it's safe to say under the sound of my voice in this room as well as online today, there's some people that says, I just don't know what to do in certain areas of my life. That's not weakness this morning. That's just acknowledging the fact that, you know what? I need something bigger than me. I need God. And can I tell you, in that area of life that you're struggling today, if you'll have an ear to hear, he's faithful to speak and give you direction and guidance. Over the last few weeks, I've had to ask the Lord, Lord, speak clearly to me because I don't understand. I don't know how to, I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the knowledge because God, I want to do what I have to do in a manner that brings glory and honor to you as well as safely develop and groom and protect people. And can I tell you, his Holy Spirit is faithful continues to speak into our life and give us direction and guidance. And when you didn't think you'd get around that one, you get around that. And you say, well, I don't know how we're going to get around that. Then you get around that because God's faithful. The song they sung last, trusting in Jesus. Can I tell you that, oh, how I trust him. See, that was, those words was penned when a lady was in a very distraught place and she had an ear to hear. She had just witnessed the drowning of a young boy and her husband as he had tried to save them off a of Long Island on a beautiful sunny day. They was just there for a picnic when they heard a scream. All of a sudden, she witnessed her husband, the love of her life, run and watched him and a young boy drown. So here she is left with a precious baby girl, life upside down. What am I going to do? Finding herself going into poverty because of the times it was. It wasn't normal for a lady to be working at that time. Everything, all of her security was taken away. But all of a sudden, she began to hear the words. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word. Shortly after she penned the words of that song, you know what she did? She grabbed her little girl and they went and served on the mission field the rest of their life. Her and that little girl because she had an ear to hear. God could be getting ready to transition you into a different sphere of life but you got to have an ear to hear. And can I tell you I've grown more in the dark times than I ever did on the mountaintop. So if you're going through some stuff today don't say, well, this ain't for me this morning. Can I tell you, it may be God's just trying to get your attention and say, let me talk to you for a little bit. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because there's some promises that you've not yet experienced. Joshua, there's a promise you've got to take these people into. But you can't achieve it unless you have an ear to hear. Let's find intercession. Let's lock arms. But let's hear.